awesome. Uh, I love a good message. You know, it's almost like food for the spirit. It is food for the spirit, the bread of life. Uh, glad to be preaching again. Uh, been probably a couple months or so since the last time I've been behind a pulpit. I love to preach the word. Uh, I do love the word. So it's nice to nice to be behind a pulpit again. Let's uh, bow our heads and pray. Father God, I thank you very much for this evening, Lord God. I thank you for this opportunity, Father God. We thank you so much for just a special time of worship, Lord. Sunday night worship is always wonderful and awesome, Father God. And we thank you that you do abide here in this house, Father God. We pray that you would dwell here forever, Father God. Lord, draw us closer to each other. Draw us closer to you, Father God. And help us to seek and serve you, Lord, the rest of our lives, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would bless this word this evening, Father God. In your precious Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I don't so much have an opening text for you. I do, but we'll kind of get to that here in a little bit. Um, Jeremiah must be the book of the day. Uh, we were in Jeremiah 6 this morning. Uh, so I'll, I think I'm going to start out in Jeremiah also. So it must be the book of the day. Uh, when I preach the word... When I preach the word, uh, I like to be prepared. Um, you know, it's nice if I can get maybe a week's notice or something. And every day, you know, we're all we're all busy in here, but every day I can kind of nip away at it, nip away at it, and get some notes going and get some thoughts going and, and stuff like that. Jot some things down that way it's not all thrown at me last second, and I got to conglomerate something together to be able to preach. I like to be prepared. Um, so this week. Uh, I was busy, but I did have a chance to to get some stuff going, to to get some notes going, and, you know, to put some thoughts to to pen to paper, and uh, ended up last night at about 9:30. Um, I looked at Shannon and I said, "This ain't right," and I crumpled it all up, threw it away. So uh, as much as I like to be prepared, uh, the Lord's kind of going in a different direction. So you have to bear with me tonight. Um, I just what I had prepared, I just felt God kind of mixed it and it wasn't wasn't right. So um, not that I don't have something tonight. I actually think uh, God switched gears to give something else. Uh, I'll pray and trust that this is the word of the Lord for tonight. So you'll have to bear with me. But tonight I'd uh, I'd like to give you kind of a testimonial, uh, maybe about some things going on uh, in my world. Um, Just kind of testify the things that I've seen and known and things that's happened to me. So, here we go. Uh, We'll start out in Jeremiah. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 17. And we're going to start in verse 5. If you want to bring that up on the screens, that'd be fine. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Go ahead and just leave your Bible there in your lap. um, Because I want to say a few things before we get to that reading. Um, Let me just uh, give you a quick, I don't know, rundown of some things in my life. Uh, before we get to this scripture, I, I gotta gotta tell you some things. Um, number one, I don't know what it is, but I feel like God has, uh, and maybe you feel this way, and then I don't know. I'll, I'll just I'll just get this out there and see what you think. I feel like God has just favored me. I feel like God has just blessed me. Uh, I'm just convinced that God cares about the details in my life. Um, just the things that, that's happened to me. I'm 33 years old. 
I can't, I can't testify to the future, but I can testify to the things that's happened to me up till today. And 33 years of my life, I'm convinced that God cares about me. I'm convinced that God loves me. He cares about the little details in my life. Um, let's start out. Uh, my wife was going to be back in the uh, junior church tonight, so I hope I don't embarrass her too much. But let's start out by just telling you about the wife. And this isn't all about me. Believe me, I'm getting to a point. But I'll start out by telling you about the wife that God's given me. Um, I believe that the wife can make or break a man. And, uh, you know, when I was young, you know, I was I wanted a wife. I wanted a companion. And uh, one thing led to another. You know, I prayed about it and and God gave me Shannon. One of the most special things about her in my life is uh, that I've got to watch her. And when I met Shannon, um, you might give me a disapproval for this, but she wasn't saved. But something in my spirit told me that she was ripe to be saved. And I knew that she was ripe. She was just ready to be saved, to accept salvation into her life for real. And uh, she did get saved. And uh, you know how some people get saved? It just blows up in them all of a sudden and everything's clicking and clicking. With Shannon, it wasn't really that way. It was, it was more of a slow working progress uh, where God did things over time. And uh, one of the most special things about me and her being together is I have got to watch from day one in her life just God work and work and work and work and, and change her. And, and uh, she wasn't some alcoholic when I met her. It wasn't that. Um, she would probably be considered what we all say is a good person. She really was. She didn't have a filthy mouth. She didn't run from this guy to that guy. You know, but I got to watch God work in her life and he has changed her just dramatically. I mean, I imagine there's a handful. I know my family knew her from what she was and now what she is. It's like this miracle of what God has done in her life. I mean, God has wrought so much in her life and it's so special that God gave her to me. God gave her to me. We enjoy so much. It's so fun. Uh, Well, at least up to this point. I've heard when, when you get older, it's not fun, but it's so fun to, to grow old together. And uh, some of the things we've been through, um, you know, we've got two children. It's just, it's awesome to go through those things with the companion that God's given me. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just so special, the things that we share together, me and her. And uh, we've been through some things, uh, some good things and some bad things, some trials and some tribulations. Uh, some good times and some bad times, um, some richer, some poorer times. And she stood beside me. And believe me, this isn't all about my life and my wife. Believe me, I'm going to get to a point. But let me just expound on this for a minute. But it's just so special that God has given her to me. And I just feel like that's one thing in my life that just God has favored me. He's given me a wonderful wife to walk beside me through the war of life. And, and I know that she'll be there and we'll continue to make it through this. Whatever God has in store for me, I'm willing to go through. And I know my wife will be willing to walk through the fire with me. Whatever it is, we will do it. And I, God has just favored me so much that I go from my wife to, to my kids and to my family. It's just wonderful. I, I feel like God has just descended from heaven and said, Jason, I, I want to give you this. I favor you. Here, here, I want to give you this. And I hope some of you feel the same way as I do. He's given me two wonderful boys. And uh, I, can't, I can't even convey to you how much that means to me to be a father. Um, 
to have those two boys that I have that I'm responsible for to train up, to raise in the admonition and the nurture of the Lord. It's a wonderful thing that the Lord has bestowed upon me. It's a blessing that I can't even describe. It's, I have this wife here with me and these two sons. It's, I have what I would consider a traditional family. That, that's just what I call it. A traditional family where my wife only works, I think maybe she works 12 to 14 hours a week, two days a week. I think she works six or seven hour days a week, two of them maybe. Two six-hour days. Two six-hour days. Friday and Saturday. Other than that, Mama's at home. And uh, that's pretty rare, if if you think about it. Very rare to have the mom at home anymore these days. And uh, that's we've worked hard and made some sacrifices. And in the future, we'd, I'd like to have her home all the time. Um, but we'll see what God has in store. But I'm just it's such an awesome blessing that we can have. My wife can be at home raising my children. I think of so many people that I work with and so many people that I know, their children spend eight, nine hours a day somewhere else. And I'm just not criticizing those people, but I'm just so glad that my kids are at home with Mama. And, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad. It's like a blessing that the Lord has given me this wonderful thing that I have for such a short period of time. It's a blessing. Every day is a blessing. I feel like God has favored me. It's, it's awesome. You know, I think of... Uh, I think of my church family. It's another good thing in my life. Another wonderful thing in my life. Some of the people in here, some of you older guys may not know, but I look up to you so much. Um, some of you have instructed me and taught me and I listen and I watch you and I've molded my life even after you. I, I watch the things you do and, and that's the way it should be. The elders teach the youngers. That's the way it should be in the house of God. And that's just another blessing to my life is the New Hope family. Um, There's some wonderful, wonderful people in this church. There's some awesome people in this church. Um, Some of you have known me since I've been a little, little kid and have seen me grow up. And and that's pretty special in life because not that many people know a person. It's just a blessing. Another thing to my life that makes me shake my head and say, God... Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I, I can't believe this. I feel this. What, God, what do you favor me? You've blessed me. This is awesome. And I'm not saying I have my head in the clouds all the time and I'm floating around because everything's wonderful. But I'm just saying it's awesome. My church family's awesome. Um, the fair's coming up. Just had an announcement. It's an awesome time to work at the fair. Awesome to get to know people you don't usually get to know. It's a blessing to see your brothers and sisters and work with them. And see, we all have the same things in common. We're all going through the same stuff. We are. It's awesome. Another blessing in my life, I hope you're not getting bored with any of this, is, is my finances. You know, I'm pretty see-through. You know, it don't matter. You can go open my checkbook if you want. That's fine. I'm not a super private type of person. It ain't no thing to me. Um, but God has blessed me. I'm not a rich man by any means. Not by any means. I still have my struggles and... This and that, and I can't go buy a brand new car. I'm not that. I don't have that much money, but God has blessed me financially. He's blessed me with an awesome job. And, um, I feel like I've tried my hardest to serve the Lord, and I make mistakes. I'm an idiot at times, but I've tried my hardest to serve the Lord, and I feel like God's just blessing me. He's blessed me. He blessed me financially. He's just sustaining me. He's He is my sustenance. 
And it's just wonderful and it's awesome. And I just got to testify, the Lord has blessed me. It's just so awesome. Now, I am getting to a point. My job, um, the Lord's blessed me with an awesome, awesome job. Um, get to work with some pretty cool people, some pretty much rank heathen people. But it's taught me so much. You learn so much when you're out there in the world, you know, working side by side with some people that don't believe the way that you do. You learn a lot. And uh, I'm glad to be out there working beside those people. You know, I am. I really am. It's, I believe that's what God, God has me at the bakery right now. That's where he has me. That's for a reason and for a purpose. And uh, it's an awesome job. A very rare opportunity. I mean, there's people that would die to get a job there. That would kill to get a job there. And I've been there and things have been going real good for me. It's just a blessing. And I, I look at God and I say, God, what, what are you doing? Well, I can't. I can't believe the things that you're doing to me, God. It's just awesome. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. I think of some of my friends, some of my Christian brothers. Um, there's kind of like a core group of guys that, that I hang out with. Um, we just had our first softball game last week. We're on a softball team in the city league. Uh, a lot of us play basketball together. You know, just kind of like this group of Christian brothers that I have. And I think of each and every one of them guys and how much I love those guys and how highly I think of them and, and how awesome it is that I can be those guys' friends. And, and we pray together, uh, we seek God together, and we compete and play hard sports together. It's awesome. You know, it is just so awesome to have this group of guys that I'm friends with and, and my church friends. It's so awesome. It's a blessing in my life. It makes me shake my head and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I, I can't believe this. It's wonderful. To have friends. Is it not wonderful to have Christian brothers and sisters, friends? I'm telling you, it's awesome. I'm so thankful for, I know this stuff is wood, hay, and stubble, the Bible calls it. I'm so thankful for my home, my vehicles. I think that the things that God has blessed me with and supplied me with, um, it's awesome. And I told you, I don't have my head in the clouds all the time. Believe me, I've spent the last two weeks Working on my, my pickup truck, it's leaking ga- gas. If you ever worked on that, you get gas on you, it's hard to get off your skin. It's pain in the rear end, it really is. But, man, I'm so thankful for the things that God has given me. He's given me these things that I need. It's just like God has taken these things from heaven and said, Here, you need these things, my son, my child. I'm giving them to you. And it's, it's like I'm thinking, God, you're too much for me. You're too much for I, I can't believe the things that you've done for me, Father God. Thank you. You know, I don't consider myself to be anything uh, awesome or anything super special. Actually, I consider myself pretty normal, just like the next guy. I really do. I don't think highly of myself. But what I will say is I feel like I'm blessed more than the next guy. I, I really do. I feel like, Lord, some of these people that I work with, they don't have what I have. They don't have what I have yet. They make more money than me. Some of the bosses at work, they don't have what I have at all. They don't. They truly don't. And that is just the blessing of God. It's God's favor. He's favored me. God Almighty has favored me. I hope I'm not puffing myself up to you. I'm not. I'm just trying to make a point. Now, let's go back to that opening text. Now, having told you all that about my life, I want to read this scripture. But before I read the scripture, real quick, this morning, the pastor said 
he felt like he got an email from God. Remember that? Which, uh, and he told me about it and he actually showed me and it, and it was pretty awesome uh, how it did scroll and then this scripture did illuminate itself. And it, it was tiny text, but then when it got to that scripture, it did illuminate itself. It was pretty awesome, I'll admit. And, uh, but when God speaks to you, you know, and you tell your buddy about it or whatever, it never means as much to them as it did to you. Do you understand that? Um, so the reason why I bring the, the email from God up is something similar happened to me. It was about two or three weeks ago. I just got off work in the morning and uh, I get off at seven o'clock in the morning. And usually I'm pretty much a zombie. If any of you work night shift, you'll know. But I come home and I, I'll sometimes turn on a little light and uh, it shines right on my Bible and I'll read my Bible for a little bit. And I just happened to have been in Jeremiah, and uh, I didn't get an email from God, but God just, it's almost like just the Holy Spirit came down and illuminated this one particular set of scriptures to me in Jeremiah. You ever had that happen to me? It's like God himself just says, you know, this is for you right now. What you're going through, this is for you. Just like the, the God email. That's what he did to me. Now, you know, I was just reading my word, and that's how it happened to me, but... I ended up reading it like ten times in a row, thinking, I've never seen this before in the Bible. I can't believe this. It's just awesome, awesome. You know, so I kind of wanted to read it to you. Uh, I think it's awesome scripture. Jeremiah chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 5. The Bible says this, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm whose heart departs from the Lord. Now that man is cursed, the Bible said. He who trusts in man is cursed, who makes flesh his arm, strength. That man is cursed, departs from the Lord. Verse 6 says, For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Now listen, let's go to verse 7. Uh, here's really the thing that God just started. It's like he illuminated these scriptures to me. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Now listen, now think of all the things I just told you about my life. The Bible says this in verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Now, let me stop right there. Listen, the Bible says if you trust in the Lord, you're not even going to know when the heat. See, right now, the economy's supposed to be terrible. All this stuff's bad. I don't know how many people I've had come to me saying it's bad, uh, yeah, this and that and yada, yada, yada. And I'm thinking, not me. Not that my heart trusts in the Lord. The Bible says a tr- you're a tree planted by the waters. That spreads out her roots by the river and you won't even see when the heat comes. Things are bad. God will still take care of you. Doesn't matter if this economy folds. God will still, you'll still have broad green leaves because God takes care of his people. He takes care of his people. The Bible says halfway through verse eight, you won't even be careful in the year of drought. I don't know how many people have had at work tell me, man, I'm not buying anything right now. I'm too scared. There ain't no way. My Bible tells me you don't even have to be careful in the year of drought because he's going to take care of you. I'm not saying go out and blow your money on foolish stuff. But I'm saying I haven't changed the way I live at all. 
Everyone says it's the worst economy I haven't seen. Like, I'm not living any different. Why? Because God takes care of his people. I don't have to say, well, we've got to go without food today because we've got to be careful. We've got to watch what we see. No, I'm not living any different whatsoever. And I'm not saying the, the whole bad things can't happen to me. I'm not saying that. I know they can. And maybe they will. Who knows? But all I can testify is that the 33 years I've been alive, God has done awesome things in my life. Just awesome things in my life. I'm like the tree planted by the waters. My leaves are green. Yet everyone else around me is saying, man, it's so bad out there. I'm saying, not me. Not who, whosoever's heart trusts in the Lord. See, I'm not saying I do not trust just in my job, in that paycheck that I get every week. I'm telling you, I know that can disappear. I'm not so foolish to believe that that cannot disappear. My heart, and I even tell myself this, you do not nor will you trust in that paycheck you get every week. You will not, because that can disappear. But will not this, what will not disappear is my trust, my hope in the Lord. He is the one that's sustaining me. He is the one. It's not me. It's not my skills. It's not my brains. It's not my might. The Bible said, cursed is that man. Cursed is that man who trusts in man, who makes his arm flesh. It is not my might, nor is it your might, nor is it your skill that's going to get you through any bad economy. It is not you, your skill, your, your uh, financial skills, whatever it is you have. That's not what's going to get you through. It's your trust and your hope in the Lord. The Bible says that tree won't even be careful in the drought because God will sustain. He will. I remember years ago, Bruce was preaching, and and this just comes to me preaching this. He said he had one of the worst years in his life, as in work-wise. No income, having a hard time finding. He said that's when he built the biggest addition. Remember that, Bruce? You built one of the biggest additions to his home Ever. And that's just how the way, that's the way God works. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No work, no income. Yet this man, this, this man of God is at home building this gargantuan addition onto his home. Beautiful home too. That's how God does it. Now you don't even have to be careful in the year of the drought. While everyone else is scared and this and that, God says, I'm going to sustain you. Your leaves will be green. Big, broad, green leaves. That will be you in the drought. That's the reason why I told you about all the blessings in my life. Because I have all these people scared about what's going on, worried, this and that. But yet God is just doing all these awesome things in my life. i got to testify. Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and to according to the fruit. Of his doing. That's why I wanted to tell you just about some things that's going on in my life. Just to testify the goodness of God. All we need to do. I enjoy the Bible. I love the Bible because it's very simple. It's very simple. All I need to do is trust and obey. Trust and obey. <clears throat> People telling me all the time how bad it is out there. How bad it is out there. And I'm not saying I got my head stuck in the sand. And I'm not paying attention to any things around me. I know there's some things going on. I know that. But my heart doesn't fail within me because I know that my God will take care of me. He will take care of me. And He will take care of you. He will. God takes care of His children. He takes care of His children. 
My hope is in God. We sing the song, I'm counting on God. I am. I'm counting on God. That's it. Pure and simple. Nothing more than that. I'm not counting on my skills. I'm not counting on that. I'm not counting on my might. I'm not counting on my youth. I'm counting on God. The Bible even says this is the day and age we're in. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. We know this is talking about the end times, prophetic end times. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, dangerous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Does this not tell how men are these days? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth bakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. Turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now let's, we're also going to go to Matthew chapter 24. Sorry, These are the last days. There's no arguing. We are in the last days. We are in them right now. No argument. The Bible goes on farther to say in Matthew chapter 24. This is Christ Jesus. Verse 3 says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come into my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That is where we are. I mean, in Timothy, where we read the way that men are, that is how they are. I'm telling you, it is bad out there. It is. But I'm just saying, making a point, all these bad things going on. They are going on. They have been going on. And they will continue to go on. I believe we don't have a whole awful lot of time yet left. And I actually pray, Lord, return. Return. Who wants to stay here? Not me. I'm ready to go. I'm totally fine with the idea of worshiping the Lord for the rest of eternity. That is fine with me. And I eagerly await the return of Christ. The return of Christ is actually a good thing to His children. To his people. It's a glorious thing. It's not a thing that we have to be afraid of. The Bible says, see that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass. Don't be afraid, the Bible says. I'm telling you, I just feel God is going to take care of his people. You remember in the Old Testament when the whole entire earth was wicked and God decided to destroy it and start over? 
What did God do for those people that loved Him and served them? Build an ark. And He took those people and put, it on, put them on the ark. And they were safe. They were saved from the destruction of God. Now, I'm not saying everything's going to be great for us. But God will look out for His people. He will watch out for His people. No matter how bad it gets out there, God will watch. He'll give us an ark. Whatever it is that He needs to do. What did God do with Lot at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember, he took him out. He, Lot didn't get destroyed. He took Lot out. Now, his wife turned back and was turned to a pillar of salt, but she disobeyed the Lord. What I'm saying is God's people will be rescued. We will be rescued. He's not going to leave us in the drought to die and to wither away. and to get. He will send us an ark. He will get us out of Sodom and Gomorrah. He will. He loves us. He is our Father. Would you leave your children behind? No. No, God will rescue us. My hope is in God. Understand that? Tell yourself that every day. Every day that your hope is in God. Look yourself in the mirror. Your hope is in God. You're counting on God. It is not in your strength, man. It is not in your wisdom, man. I know we have some smart people in here. That's not going to get you far. The economy collapses. I believe the dollar can even die and probably will die someday. What am I going to do then? What are you going to do then? If your bank account with 20 and 30 and 50 and 100,000 means nothing anymore. You know, that's not where our hope can be. Our hope has to be in God. Our hope has to be in His strength. <clears throat> in the midst of the storm, in the midst of whatever, God will take care of His people. Be not afraid. Be not troubled. In Psalms, this is pretty awesome scripture. Psalms chapter 33. We'll start in verse 16. Psalms 33, 16 says this. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. We think, man, if, if I had my house paid off, I'd, I'd really be... You know, if I had this, if I had that... The Bible said, man, a horse is a vain thing for safety. Strength? No. A king is not saved by the millions he has around him. The Bible saying no. Listen, verse... 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him. See how simple it is? Fear God. Trust and obey in God. The eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him. Upon them that hope in His mercy. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. You understand? It is not my job. It is not the multitudes I have surrounded me that's going to say, it's not the horse. It's not strength. That's not. It's my fear of the Lord. It's my hope in the Lord that will keep me alive in famine. Verse 20 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let Thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in Thee. I'm telling you, when you pray, it is a form of hope. Prayer is a form of hope. I'm telling you, that's what's going to get us through is our prayer, our hope 
in God. He keeps us alive in famine. He does. You don't have to turn here, but Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Remember that? I remember when I was a little boy, our church used to sing, Not by might, nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Anyone remember that hymn or song? It was an awesome song. We should still sing it today. Not by our might, not by our wisdom, not by anything us men can conjure up, but by His Spirit, our hope in Him. His Spirit will do it. He will get us through. He will sustain us. I just think it's awesome how God has the power to bless a man in this economy we live in. That's what He's doing to me. That's what I'm testifying to you this morning. He has blessed me, yet everything else is supposed to be bad. I'm here to tell you, in a, in, in a week from today, I'm flying to California. My wife and I worked hard and saved up our money. Everything else is bad. I'm getting ready to go on vacation to California. How are you doing? You know what I mean? See what I'm saying? That's what God does. That's what He takes care of His children. Everyone else is saying, I'm too scared to do this. I'm too scared. Well, have fun because I'm going on vacation. You understand what I'm saying? That's how God works. That's how God works. My trust, my hope is in God. It's in God. And He's never let me down. Now, I'm telling you, in the future, there might be some bad things happen to me. There might be some bad things that happen to my family. Well, then I'll have to hope in God in those situations. If sickness comes my way, i got to hope in God. I'm going to come down and get prayer from people that I come to church with, and I'm going to hope in God. That's all I've got. Hope in God for my future. I'm trusting in the Lord because my Bible tells me, cursed is the man that trusts in man. Cursed is the man that trusts in man who makes flesh his arm. I'm telling you, my strength is nothing. To be honest with you, I'm 33 years old and I feel great every day. I have energy. Now, I just told you we played softball, man. I felt like a million dollars. It just it was so much fun. I'm in my prime. But all that means nothing. All that means, it's not going to get me through. Whether I'm in my prime, whether I'm in top condition, whatever it is, if I can do a million chin-ups, whatever it is. Cursed is the man that trusts in man who makes flesh his arm. I'm telling you, that's not going to get me anywhere. The only thing is, is my faith, my hope in God. You can trust in your skills if you want to, but I'm counting on God. In the meantime... While God still tarries, while Christ tarries, and we are here, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my best every day. That, that's all I can do. You understand that? Do my best. Do a good job at work. I'm not going to float around and let God just... I have to do my best. I have to do my best. I'm going to come up here and preach. I've got to study so that I can do my best. There is a part that I am due. You understand that? I have to do my best. Give my best every day. Um, my son, Luke, played t-ball, and uh, it was a blast. Uh, I wasn't a coach, but there was me and two other dads along with the two coaches, and we kind of all coached and helped out, and uh, it was a whole lot of fun. And uh, You know what I told my son? I told my son, I said, Luke, I don't ever care if you're the best player. 
I'll never care if you hit the ball farthest or shortest. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter to me because the results don't matter. But what does matter to me is your effort. You better give a good effort. You better do your best. You better run your fastest. Do your best. I don't care if his fastest is the slowest on the team. I'm fine with that as long as he gives his best effort. You understand that? That is what I want to give God. I want to give God my best effort. When it comes to praise and worship, what kind of effort are we giving God? You know, are you giving God your best effort? Your best effort might be the worst voice that anyone's ever heard. Physically terrible voice. But if that's the best you've got, it's music to the Lord's ears. Do you understand that? You understand? There might be times that you can't even utter a single syllable that you're so beat down that you can't even pray. How many of you have been there? I've been there. It's so hard to pray. It, your faith is weak. It just, I don't know what it is. But if that's your best, God hears you. He understands. Give your best to God. Whatever it is, give Him your best effort. Results are up to God. The effort's up to you, you and I. You understand that? The effort is up to me. i got to give all that I can give. There's times it's a lot and there's times it's a little. But that's my responsibility, the effort. God causes the increase. God gives the increase, the Bible says. He'll take care of the results. Results aren't up to me. You know, I, I can't control results, but I can control my effort. Understand that? <clears throat> Understand, please understand, I'm not bragging about my life at all. I'm not bragging, saying I have it all together. I'm the best Christian there is. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm not being uh, arrogant whatsoever. Not at all. I mean, for those of you that really know me, I'm not an arrogant person by any means. By any means whatsoever. But I just want to testify and say, God has been so awesome in my life. He's been so awesome in my life, I can't even put it into words. As much as I like to yak... I can't even put it into words, the things that God has done for me, despite this darkness around me, this, this bad economy. It's just been incredible. I hope you understand that. The Bible says this in Psalms. Psalms chapter 31, verse 24. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's how we're going to make it, church. That's how we're going to make it. Um, Mike's here. He can make his way up. Okay, Mike, whenever you make your way up, we'll bring this to a close. Uh, I understand... Uh, Please understand, God just changed gears on me this week and uh, kind of threw a curveball and took away everything that I had. But I hope this meant something to you. I hope you understood what I was trying to say. Nothing about me. Nothing about how awesome I am or how awesome my life is. But I want you to understand just the blessings that God has bestowed and will bestow upon us if we simply trust in Him. Simply hope in Him. Uh, the Bible is so simple. All we have to do is trust and obey. Trust and obey. I, I keep my prayers simple. Lord, I, teach me to obey you, Lord. That's all I need to know is obedience to Christ. If I can obey Him at His Word, 
Just obey the Lord. I'm telling you, I believe that avoids so much trouble. How many of you understand? So many of our problems are self-inflicted wounds. Do you understand that? We wound ourselves by disobedience to God. Do you understand that? We cause ourselves so much more trouble than what we really need to go through by disobeying the Word. We really do. I see it at work so much. I see those people don't care about God, don't care about His Word, don't know His Word. And they create so much trouble for themselves. And I just shake my head and say, God, thank You that I'm a Christian. Just God, just keep me obeying You and Your Word. And I don't want anything to do with any of that. I'm telling you, marriage is such a big deal to me because I see what they have at work. I think, my God in heaven, thank you. Thank you for a godly wife. Thank you for a godly marriage. I don't want to go that route, Lord. Not at all. Those people are miserable every day. Miserable. I don't know how they live that way. Uh, it almost makes suicide understandable. I see why people were committing suicide because they're miserable. They're miserable. They have nothing. And I have this blessed, wonderful marriage. People talk about their old lady. And they say such terrible things. I'm telling you what. Not me. Not me. Not me at all. I have a marriage that is favored by the hand of God. And every day it is a blessing. Don't get me wrong. We have our spats and we have our days. Janice still has some things she needs to learn. (laughs) Actually, it's the other way around. I promise you. It is. But I'm telling you, it is awesome. It is awesome. The things that God can do. Marriage these days is such a big witnessing tool. I'll tell you what, I don't even have to say a word because there's some people over the years where I work that have gotten to know me and they've gotten to know my wife a little bit. They can say whatever they want. Oh, Jason, you're just going through a phase. You're faking. We know you're really not like this. Say whatever you want, but you're not going to knock when they see my marriage, the way I treat my wife, the way she treats me. I had a buddy come to my house one time. He actually lives pretty close. He came over, and uh, me and him were doing something outside back in the woods. And we came back, and we were both hot and sweating. And Shannon came out onto the back deck and asked us both if we wanted a drink of water, a glass of water. I said, yeah. And his name was Brad. Said, Brad, you want something? Yeah. So she went and got something. He looked at me and was like, dude, what do you do, beat your wife? I said, what the heck? What are you talking about? She got us a drink of water? See, it's just things like that. They don't have that. He thought I beat my wife. It's No, no, my wife is favored by the hand of God. We actually love each other. Ten years, and I'm in love with her, and she's in love with me. The world don't have that. They don't have that. They don't. They don't. Listen, I pray you understood me. If we can sing a song and just... Remember, let's give effort. One last worship song, and then we got to go to Monday. we got to go to work. Let's give all that we can give. One last time, because He is God, let's put our hope and trust in Him. Everybody, if we can stand, Mike, lead us in a worship song. Let's give Him our best effort. It's one last time.